And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. I am back. Yes. God save us. I am back here. I am with the Weighing In Podcast. God bless America. And the fact that I can actually be heard again, Josh Thompson, he needs me. I could tell by what he was doing. He was straining. He was struggling. But no, it is time for the original, the Weighing In Podcast with the duo of me and the punk Josh Thompson. I know you're so happy to have me back. It's a lot of work to carry the weight, my friend. It's a lot of work. But, you know, I mean, hey. It's the last couple of years. I mean, my back has been sore from carrying you anyway. Oh. So it's like, ah, oh, it's <laughs> might as well just carry myself. Oh, <laughs> no. man. Good stuff. No, I had a blast. Oh, but wait, before we even get on to all of this stuff, there's a Let's... couple things we have to talk about. Okay, real quick. We got to talk about you lying first, about me first off. Well, no, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna lie. I'm gonna lie again right now. <laughs> I'm right he now. is, he, Big John is. It's birthday today. He is 80 years old today. 80, oh, he's turning eight. Sorry, 79, 79 <laughs> today. He's. It's his birthday. Happy birthday oh, to you. That's all you got to do right there. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Happy birthday, my brother. Happy Thank birthday, you. man. I appreciate it, my man. Uh, yeah, there's no way we could miss you on your birthday, have you? You actually moved your whole studio to your daughter's house just woof. so you could be part of the show today. And I'm glad that you did because it's your birthday. But before we even carry on, again, we've got more good news. Podcast Dave is a father again. He's got another little baby boy. Congratulations, uh, I baby. I don't want to say the name because uh, that's kind of private information. But we want to welcome little man to the world. And uh, we want to say congratulations to... Dave and uh, his wife. So congratulations. And I want to uh, I want to say, man, look, there was the beautiful picture of Dave, his wife, and the new baby. And he doesn't have to post that. But God damn, your wife looks a whole lot better than you. She gave birth. <laughs> you look like shit. She looks like she hasn't done anything. Uh, so <laughs> Good stock right there. So great, man. I love that. Uh, I got to say, it was Dave, so hard for your days for me, you know. Dave was sleeping on those he's little mumbling tiny. mumbling more than ever. You know those little tiny armchairs that Dave had to they fold out? It's like big enough for just your body to fit on. Like John wouldn't fit on one. That's what oh, you slept on the last one that they have in hospitals. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So um, happy birthday to John. Congratulations to Podcast Dave. Absolutely. Nothing really, Nothing really for me to brag about, you know, on my side of the world. But, hey, I'm happy for you guys to continue the success on this Wade In Podcast. Now, let's jump into uh, hitting that subscribe button. For our uh, for our channel as well, so go to our Wayne In channel on YouTube. Also hit us on in all of our audio platforms in iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, all of those. Hit the subscribe button there as well. Now let's just get into the fights. We didn't get a chance to talk about Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury because John was not there, and we had filmed earlier that day because the UFC was earlier. So we wanted to sit and watch the fights and then get an opportunity. I was hoping John would be back by now, in which he is made sure that he was here so let's uh let's talk about what you think what'd you think of the fight holy shit what a fight mm -hmm. first first off i was pissed that my little construction company it wasn't me josh lied mm -hmm. i went the josh thompson route i did it without doing it myself and i paid people and they took away my internet <laughs> so i i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't watch anything i couldn't buy the fight I, there was nothing i could do i was stuck 
I couldn't. I was trying to get it on my phone. There was nothing. Would not work. So I, I did get to see it later on. And wow, what a fight. What a, what a performance. Let, let's just let's look at this thing and be honest about this. Because when you're talking about there hasn't been that incredible heavyweight, you know, competition for a lot of years. And then it kind of started to get back there, you know, when, you know, Fury went against Klitschko and then Klitschko and Joshua. And then the very first Deontay versus Fury kind of got that feel back. But this one, it just definitely made it to where you look at both guys. Deontay Wilder coming back, you know, he was 218 pounds, I think, just about for the first and second one. You know, and then he was 240 pounds, put on a lot of weight, but you know, he, he looked good. He performed really well. He broke his hand that, you know, could have made a difference in the fight as far as when it happened. You don't know for sure, but he did break his right hand. And, uh, Tyson Fury is a remarkable fighter, a remarkable person as far as what he does. Dave, I want you to put up the picture for me. We have a picture <laughs> of what a true world champion looks like in Tyson Fury. Because I want Josh. Josh was always very worried and concerned about having abs and looking good and being that guy that all the girls wanted. Well, I want you to see what a real champion looks like. And it is Tyson Fury. Look at that body, baby. Look at that. That's the body of a champion. You see that gas tank? That is called a keg. It is full of fuel, and that's why he can go and do the things that he does in a boxing ring. That man is the world champion. He is just a phenomenal fighter, a phenomenal person. I love his personality. I love how he gets in and he sings. He has fun. He can laugh at himself, but the fight they had between them was just epic. Epic fight. And the best part of it, look, it, it was a definitive ending also. Not yeah. you know nothing against Deontay. He put everything out there. He put he put Tyson Fury down twice. You know there was some some stuff, and we can talk about that as far as the count and everything. But just overall, that was what world title heavyweight boxing should have been. Yeah, I, I have to go back to reiterate what you just said, and because I was saying this a while back um, after the Usyk and Joshua fight. I said, I haven't been excited about the heavyweight division for a long time. And it, not just one fighter. I'm talking multiple fighters. Like when Klitschko was the champion, everyone was like, oh, he's, but he's great. But he had no talent to fight. There was yeah. like maybe a one-off fighter here and a one-off fighter there. And just there was no, there was no talent for him to fight and for both Klitschko's guys to fight. And so it was kind of like, okay, they owned the division. It was, there was no excitement in that division anymore. And then now when you have Joshua just lost to Usyk and then you've got Wilder, you know, losing to Fury, but then you've got uh Anthony Ruiz um in there as well as uh, sorry, not Anthony. Andy. Andy. Sorry, Andy Ruiz Jr. I did, that, I did that the same. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> all right. Andy Ruiz. I did you're it last that, week. You're getting too, that Josh, you know, Anthony Joshua. Yeah. yeah. Anthony Ruiz, same so you, thing. You've got all these fighters now that are all intermixed. You got Chris Oriella. There's another there's a couple no, other guys Chris, that I'm Chris, missing. Chris is far out. Okay, let, let's take a look. If you're going to talk about the the great fighters, if you if I was going to list them right now, yes, obviously Tyson Fury is number one. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no doubt. You you got to put Usyk is number two. All right, he's got the title. He deserves it. He's he's at number two. The real question is, who do you put at number three? Is it Anthony Joshua? Is or is it Deontay Wilder? I'm going to put Anthony Joshua 
at number three. Okay, hold on. This is why I'm, uh-huh. I'm saying you could intermix it, and, and I'm okay either way. But I will say that at least Anthony Joshua, there's Deontay's had two losses. He's had one draw, two losses, all to the same guy in Tyson Fury. No, you know, nothing to feel bad about there. But he hasn't been able to get it back, where at least Anthony Joshua, when he first lost to Andy Ruiz, he was able to get it back. So he mm-hmm. came back and he got that loss. He avenged that loss, came back, got that, and then came in and he lost to Usyk now. And they're going to have a rematch and we'll see what happens there. So that's the only reason I'm saying I'll put, yeah. I'll put Joshua at number three and Deontay right now at number four. But then you can take a look and as you go down the list, you got to put, I think Dylan White is the guy who's sitting in the position that you got to say, okay, White is the, he's the next one. That's the, I think he's, he's like the uh, number one with a couple of the sanctioning bodies. So we'll see what yeah. happens there, but all right. I would put Andy Ruiz probably behind him. You have, uh, look at, and this is the one that's tough for me is Louis Ortiz is a stud. Yep. Yeah. But he's old, you know, and it's, yeah. and it's really, I look and it's like, he's just got years on him and stuff, but man, the guy can still fight and he's got fucking power in his hands and he's oh. tough and you got, you know, you look at his performance against one. Wilder the first the first time they fought. Yeah, he had Wilder and in trouble was, in that fight. He, he was, was winning, winning that, that fight. He was winning that fight, and then he got knocked out. So, I think it was in the beginning of the twelfth, right? He got knocked out, maybe yep. the eleventh, but I think it was the twelfth. But and I mean, you got you got Joe Joshua. You got a couple of guys out there. You know that are you know, but the top you know five, six, seven. I would say that's close to what it is. But there's there is talent there, and there's a that, lot of ways for it to go. But that's my point. My point is that there hasn't been this much talent in the heavyweight division in a long time to actually have a conversation where, hey, there's fights in here that could be fun fights. You know, like Andy Ruiz, I, like he's in that mix, you know, in there. But then I, I'd like to see Joshua and Wilder fight. You know, both coming off oh, losses. Yeah. I'd like to I'd like to see that fight that happen. Joshua's going to fight. Eddie, yeah. Eddie Hurt isn't going to let <laughs> yeah. Joshua fight and Wilder, And that's the man. thing, though. But Usyk's going to probably beat Joshua again. And if you want to talk about that he got the win back from Ruiz, yeah, he got the win back. But you also look at what, Ruiz, what he did. What he did to himself, he, he sabotaged himself. But that's not on Joshua. That's on Ruiz. No, I, I agree. I agree. But it's not like as if Joshua went out there and had a great performance. He did just enough to win the fight, was touching with the jab, kept the distance. Ruiz just didn't train for the fight, and it showed. Right off the bat, there was no energy. He was heavier than he should have been. Oh, wait. just you. He was li- he was living the championship lifestyle off of the amount of money that he made from the first fight, and he knew he was going to get paid the second fight, and he he laid an egg. I think he's he's lost he's lost weight now since then. He's gotten better. Um, he looks in phenomenal shape. His fight with Chris Ariola was a good fight. Um, they both were dogs. Chris is older as well. Chris has had been through a lot of wars. He hasn't Chris, been the same fighter since no. since he was younger, but he's still since talented. Klitschko. Yeah, he's still talented though. That's the thing. And then the, they had rushed him along for that Klitschko fight because I was I, during that time in the boxing scene, Chris was headlining some of the fights that one of uh, a guy that I used to train in his conditioning was Ricardo Cortez, <clears throat> and they were pushing him and pushing Chris Ariella to get to the top, get to the top. Then he they just rushed him along too fast. He wasn't ready for Klitschko. And so when you see the, this mix up of fighters in the heavyweight division, it's finally like I'm like. Wow, I'd love to see that fight and that fight. Oh, I'd love to see that fight and that fight. And you start getting these fighters all mixed in. Because, I mean, like, I really believe 
the Deontay Wilder and Josh would be a good fight. But I also think Wilder, oh, be a great fight. he's got the power, though, to touch. If he touches him, I think it's over. But Joshua's got the athleticism to stay on the outside, stick and move. He's got a good jab. Wilder runs right into jabs. Okay, hold know. on. Do you think that, just just looking at it, Anthony Joshua, you think he's harder to hit than Tyson Fury? Uh, no. No, I don't think so. And that's... Uh-uh. And, and that's my point. I think Deontay Wilder gets to Joshua. I think Deontay Wilder yeah. beats Joshua. I know that I have I agree. Joshua ranked, if you guys are going to do that ranking, and the only reason I said it is because he got his back. And, I mean, it's so close as far as, you know, their their last loss. But it, either guy can be put in that place. And then you look and you go, look at Usyk against Deontay Wilder. He might not want that fight. No. Okay, Usyk no. is not that big of a guy and speed wise and everything he might have a little bit on that but the length and everything is going to cause him problems and the power is definitely going to cause him some problems so you know wilder's right there he's just got you know he's he's got that guy right now when you're looking at the foe he's got that guy in tyson fury that is just that one that it's a it's a hard matchup for him based upon size also based upon Look, these guys are like fucking war of the gargantuas. Mm-hmm. Okay, six foot seven, six foot nine. We're not, t- I mean, you can go back in history of heavyweights. Heavyweights were not even close to this size. Mm-hmm. And these guys are athletic. And it's that's why, you know, I look at Tyson Fury and the amount that that man moves for a six foot nine, mm-hmm. 270 pound fighter, and he doesn't get tired. He yeah. is amazing. Just amazing. Well, I also felt like the difference in this fight, I thought I was concerned when Wilder went up to 238. I was like, that's not good. You put it on not normally. You put it on kind of fast. You put it on kind of fast. But I feel like that was the difference in him having such a good, he had a good performance. It just wasn't enough. I, I thought he did better. And the reason why I thought he did better is because of the weight. You want to know why the weight was effective? It's because if you watch the first two fights, what did Fury do? He got into the clinch, started putting his head down, started making, carrying his weight started the whole time. Started cuffing that neck. Clint, yep cluffing the neck, pulling his head down, getting to the front headlock position, and making him carry the weight. Yep. And at 215, 218, which Wilder was, that has an effect on you. Yes. Carrying someone of the size of Tyson Fury over and over and over. He was doing that, you know, say seven to ten times around, especially as, the, as they got more tired. Yep. It was easier for him to get Wilder's head down. And then that became more of an effect of just exhausting him out. So now when he put the weight on, he was able to come in. He was able to hold his head up, right? He was able to stay close and clinch. You know, he just leaves himself open in some exchanges, but he, he can never count him out because he's got the X factor. And the X factor is that power that he possesses in his hands. Yep. And when he dropped Tyson twice, I want to say it was in the fifth round. I can't remember. Sorry, guys. CTE. Uh, but I think, it was in, I think it was in the fifth round. He had dropped yeah. him twice. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, like, it was great. I'm like... I understood the count was a little slow because Wilder was bouncing around and moving. Right, and let, you know. Let's talk about that. Do you think okay. that Russell Moore did something wrong there? No, I don't think he did. Absolutely not. He did the exact right thing. In fact, look, you know, I did boxing, and I know Russell Moore very well, and he's a fantastic referee. He's come up. He's, he's taken his time. They've done a great job with him in Nevada. But when you're in the back with the fighters, one of the things that you will talk about is the knockdown. And you will tell your fighters, both of them, and you will have their trainers there. And you will go over the knockdown scenario. You say, look, if you knock your opponent down, I expect you to step away and go to the 
furthest neutral corner there is from where I and your opponent are at. I will be giving your opponent a 10 count. If he gets up before I reach the eight, it will be an eight count. But I promise you, during that count, I am going to look back to make sure that you are where you are supposed to be. If you're not, I'm going to stop the count and I'm going to point you back to where I want you to be. And until you get there, the count will stop and that will only give your t- your opponent time to recover. So be where you're supposed to be. And the real reason you're doing this, and you'll see fighters do it all the time, go back to early boxing. Go back to like Jack Dempsey, okay? And you'll see that, you know, back then they didn't have to go to a neutral corner and they could actually stand there right over their opponent as their opponent's getting up. And as soon as their opponent got up, boom, they were smacking them again. Well, guys now try to do close to the same thing as they'll close that distance. And you'll be, you know, we'll say you're, you're towards one corner. They'll close it and they'll be past mid ring because they're wanting to get in as fast as they can on their opponent. And you can't let that happen. And so you've got to make it to where, okay, I've told you in the back, this is what it's going to be. And if you, if you decide to walk away from that area that you're supposed to be, it doesn't mean like, look at, if you're three feet from it, I'm not going to stop the count. But when you are far away from where you're supposed to be, the count's going to stop. So Russell Mora, absolute right thing to do. Well, I look at the ref that did their second fight, and he did a horrible job in controlling that was Kenny how Tyson Fury. Yeah, he kept pulling the head down. He kept giving him the front headlock. He yeah. kept letting Tyson lay on him like that and wear him down, pulling the head down and punching in the second fight. And there was a little bit of that kind of going on in this fight as well, but it was not anywhere near as not much as close. it was in the second yeah. fight. I thought this ref, this ref did a much better job of also warning Fury and saying, "Hey, stop pulling down on the head. Stop giving. Stop putting him in a front hand. Like, don't do that." He kept doing that, and he kept he kept telling him, "Stop, knock it off." Also, anytime they would get into those clinches, and he would do it, the last ref would take forever to break them up. He almost like was afraid to get in the mix. He was afraid to put his body and insert his body in between. He would kind of just try to do it with his arms. But the, rep, the the fighters are too big for that. Yeah. You've got to insert yourself in there, separate them, let them fight. This last ref, what's his name? Russell? Russell Russ, Mora. Russell Mora. He did a phenomenal job. Every Good time Fury job. got in there and they started to get, he started to get on the head or he started to like kind of like hang on him, he got in there right away, inserted himself in there, broke the... Broke the fight up, separated them, and they got back to boxing. Much better job, a lot better of a fight in terms of the action because there was less of the grabbing in the head, front head locks, and you have to see them actually box. And that's really when when I'm talking about like the, the the heavyweight division, you you will tend to get the fighters that will lay on each other, you know, like against the, the ropes, or they'll hang on them, or they'll try to get their head down, and then that's what makes it a boring fight for the fans at home. They're like, man, this is it's like dragging out. This ref here inserted himself into the fight, but not in a bad way, and was let, kept separating them right away so that the action would continue. That's what I think led to it being an even more exciting fight. And the one thing that really kind of bugged me, and, and I'm, I'm try, I've been trying to be positive a lot, I'm being a lot more positive as of lately, um, when we talk about fighters and, and these, well, I'm talking about the fans. I, I, I had came on as like, man, I'm so excited the fact that the heavyweight division now is starting to shape up. And I go, guys like Wilder, Joshua, Usyk, uh, uh, Ruiz. I go, and I know I'm missing some. You said what? Uh, White. Oh yeah, you got White, White and then Dillian and White. Who else? And there was another couple. You know, Ariella. Like I said, there's <laughs> you keep, guys. You keep Ortiz, on going back to Ariella. There's a bunch of guys. Ortiz. Yeah, you've got a bunch of guys. Super Anyways, Joseph. So, 
Michael. Yeah, uh, you've got, I can't think of Michael's last name, but uh, you've got a bunch of you've got a bunch of people that are could be in this mix, and it's it's starting to get exciting. And yeah. all I saw, all I saw was Wilder's a one trick pony. He's a scrub. He quit. Then I was like, that guy did not quit. That was one. Two is he looked better in this fight than he did in the first two fights. He is a stud. Yep. His only losses are to Tyson Fury. Let's stop. Let's stop with this because he lost. He's a scrub. He's not a scrub. He lost to the best heavyweight in the world. Okay. And a guy who's just honestly, when you look at him, I'm looking at this picture, by the way. It's okay? awesome. He's, he's got the body. His body is his temple. You can just tell. He just treats it like that. And you can tell by the way he's built. He's phenomenal. He looks like a small, a bigger version of Big John McCarthy with his That's shirt off. Right, baby. He looks <laughs> fantastic. If you could put some hair on his head, that's me. Okay? <laughs> Just oh, man. But, but this is the point, exactly what you're saying. Look, you're always going to have naysayers. You're always going to have negative people. I call them negative Nellies. Deontay Wilder has nothing to feel bad about. No. Hold your head up high. You fought your ass off. You gave everything you could give. He was done in that. You know, that last bit, in fact, you know, going back to Russell Moore, when he went down, Russell Moore, you know, I heard people say, oh, he, you know, he, couldn't, he, he didn't beat the 10 count. He didn't get a 10 count. Russell Moore waved it off. He said, that's yeah. it. I can't have you take any more. He took yeah. big shots. He gave everything. If you are a fan of his, you have to be proud of what he did. If you are a person that wanted to see him lose, you at least have to give him the due that he went out and gave everything that he had in an attempt to beat somebody who at this moment is just that one niche better than he is. Yeah. No, I agree. I thought it was a phenomenal fight. Good. Uh, it was back and forth. And like I said, that, oh. that I think it was the fifth round when, when Fury got dropped twice. I was like, wow, this is now a fight. This is now like this because it, it was looking like Tyson was going to start running away with it. He was filling it. He started moving around, kind of not showboating, but it was more of like that confidence. You could tell, yeah, you can't hurt me. You can't hit me. That position. And then he got dropped twice in one round. And I was thinking, this changes the whole dynamic of how this fight could go down. And you could, once you've already been hurt, or you've been hurt and you've been rocked, whatever, it's easier to hurt you as the fight goes on. So he needed to make sure that even though it was only, what, the fourth or fifth round, he got dropped twice in doesn't mean that he wouldn't be dropped again in the 7th or the ninth or the t 11th or the 12th nope. because your your chin's already been dented a little bit and it just gets getting worse and worse as the more shots you take so i thought both fighters came out balled out they fought their asses off it just was tyson fury's night he has his number right now as of right now but i think wilder would be it'd be a great i would love to see the wilder and and Anthony Joshua fight, that is the fight I believe that it has to be made. And then I also think that the Usyk and maybe Tyson Fury or Usyk and Ruiz fight would be a great fight. Uh, I know there's other guys in there that would, I'd like to see. I can't see Usyk against Tyson Fury. He's just not big enough. I'm yeah, but then Usyk honest. and Ruiz. Give me Usyk yeah, and Ruiz. I'll take Usyk and Ruiz. That, that, you know, that's a, that's a good fight. matchup. You know, both you know, very I, good I, boxers, so that'd be fun. Yeah, so there's a lot of mix-up now. See, this is for the first time in since... Since the Tyson days, I think I would say like the Holyfield and Riddick Bow days and those kind of days, that I really am kind of excited now about the heavyweight division in boxing. Yeah, it, it's it has that that aura is back. You know that the guys that are fighting are real fighters. It's real competition. You're not positive on who's going to win, except right now Tyson Fury is kind of 
he's pushing himself out to that forefront where everyone's going to say he's going to beat the guy that they're putting against him. But, you know, look at, he's already, he's already proven and he's shown, you know, in his, you know, mental, you know, ability that he's super strong at times. And at times he's super weak as far as, you know, he has his breakdowns. He has his, his times when he gets down on himself and he doesn't do the things that he's supposed to do. And so you always have that, you know, is which guy is it going to be? You know, is it going to be this guy? Or is it going to be the, you know, the 50% are on this side. So it's exciting. It's exciting all the way around boxing. People, you know, I hear it all the time. Boxing's dead. Boxing's not dead. It's only getting better at certain times and certain weight classes. And right now, heavyweights, it's pretty goddamn good. You know what scares me the most, John? That. Is that the fucking promoters are going to fuck this up. Oh. That's what scares me. That's what scares me about boxing. Yeah. The, the, the promoters are going to fuck this up. We're never going to be able to see the fights that we want to see at the times that we want to see them because the promoters insert themselves and fuck it all up. So that's what scares me. About, yeah. the, about boxing. That's because you got Eddie um, Hearn trying to port, protect his guy in Anthony Joshua. And I, that's his moneymaker. I understand it. But, yeah, that, that causes problems. Yeah, true. All right, uh, next. Uh, UFC is coming up this weekend. Aspen Ladd steps in to take on Norma Dumont after she had to withdraw from her last fight. Holly Holm <clears throat> suffered a knee injury, which is why she had to withdraw in the first place, which uh, opened the door for Aspen Ladd to step in. All right, John. <laughs> ah, you're going to say it. We say it all the time. The card itself uh, is not a big name. Wow, check out these matchup fights. It's just not. You know, let's. It is where it. But a lot of the matchups could be really good fights. And you know, Norma Dumont. She has proven she's tough. I think it's nice that Aspen Ladd can get right back in. And let's see her make weight and put on a performance. We'll see if that can happen. But. There are a couple of fights in here that you can look at. And you go, you know, Julia Marquez, I like watching the Cuban Missile Crisis fight. He's fun. He comes forward. He tries to throw bombs. And he's going against Jordan Wright. So that should actually be a fun fight to watch, one that's going to have a lot of action. I think they're going to go after it. Um, there's not, you know, like I said, nothing that big. But Danny Roberts is always fun to watch. He's a, he's a good competitor. So there are fights on this. You look and you go, I like it. And I'm going to say her name wrong, uh, Manon Thoreau. I know I say it wrong, but she's proven herself as far as her kickboxing is <clears throat> stellar. It is so good. So we're going to see how she does against Silva. That should be an interesting matchup. We'll see how that one goes. I, I believe this is Jim Miller's retirement fight. Is it? I believe I, I, believe I read that somewhere. Like probably like over a little bit over a month ago, I think that he had said this was his retirement fight. So I'm not too sure on that, but if it is, I mean, I wish him the best and hope he gets a win. And uh, should uh, he's always been fun, man? He's, he's always a, been fun to watch fight. He's a dog. He's dude, it's just Jim. He's Jim is the guy down. that you look. He's got a baseball cap on his head. He's got a freaking flannel shirt on, boots and jeans. He drives a truck and he goes to work. And I love the guy as far as, you know, what he's done, how many times he's stepped inside of that cage, you know, at the upper levels. You know, I think actually I think doesn't he hold the record for the UFC as far as how many fights? I he's, wouldn't doubt it. He's right at it. You know, he, he, he might hold it with someone, but he's right at it, man. He's just just had an incredible career. His brother was a fighter, right? Dan Miller. Correct? Yeah, Dan was a hell of a fighter. And Dan was, he was good. good. Both of them Real started out. You remember the IFL? 
Yes, yeah, the Dan had, team thing, right? Yeah, Dan had a, a a guillotine where he almost took someone's head off. Yeah, in, in the IFL where they said, "Hey, we can't allow this anymore," and you go, "No, you can allow it, but what? You, what? This is what you got to look for and stuff." But Dan was Dan was a stud. You know, he just, he didn't have you know the longevity that his brother Jim did, but both of those guys just you know hard nosed, hard workers. You know, just great for the sport. Yeah. There's nothing that Studs. says this is um it's his retirement fight, Josh. There's no headlines. Okay. Maybe I missed it then. So maybe maybe it was that he had the most fights. Maybe. That might have been it. I bet Farrow was somewhere around that. Look, he's a been he's been a talented fighter for the longest time and he's fought all the who's who in the game and it's always fun to watch him fight. So hey, keep doing your thing, big big Jim. Keep doing yep. it. <laughs> um how do you think this is, Aspen Lad's going up in the weight class, right? Yep. So she's not in she's going up a whole weight class. She so doesn't have to worry about making the weight. Uh, I, would, I would assume her well, period's over. Well, let let us not put ourselves out there where we can get, oh, you said she didn't have to worry about the weight. <laughs> no. Yeah. We're always worried about the weight. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, we'll see. Hopefully she makes weight and we get to see this fight. It yeah, should be fun. That's should be fun. Let's talk about mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wang in. If you guys use that little QR code right there, that will give you a little extra spending cash when you use the promo code Wayne in at mybookie.ag. Also, with football coming to start, you've got the World Series coming in, the playoffs of baseball. I'm telling you right now, there's lots of ways to win money. Don't miss out on that at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in. Use that QR code right there. And what they're going to do is give you a little extra money because you used our promo code of Wayne in. You guys, there's plenty of things to bet on. Basketball's coming back. Football's coming back. Football is back pretty much. And then you've also got hockey coming back around. I think they just started the season as well. I'm telling you right now, if you like to put a little bit of money down here and there, Try mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in. Use that QR code for the bonus cash with the promo code Wayne in. All right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's talk about the Bellator fights, and uh, that's happening this weekend. It's the semifinals to Bellator's light heavyweight World Grand Prix. We've had a couple little hiccups along the way. You know, Romero was just a couple. One, two, yeah. three, four. <laughs> yeah, Yoel Romero was taken out to begin the whole thing after yep. he was taken out. Then we had uh, Anthony, jo- uh, Anthony, jo- Anthony Joshua, Anthony Johnson. It's one of those guys. You it know, might, even, Johnson, might even become Anthony Ruiz again. <laughs> yeah, having ha- having some some issues, and so he had to pull out of his fight with Nemkov. And now Julius Anglickskis is the one. Anglickskis is stepping in. He was supposed to be the alternate, anyways. When Romero was uh, taken out, That's right. he had just fought two weeks before. Was already kind of a little bit banged up, and just wasn't enough time for him to get his weight back down. Also, because yeah. it already been a week of and he's huge, not, and he is a big guy. So this, to me, I feel like is shaping up to be one of those fights where not a lot of people know much about Anglickskis, and he poses a serious threat to the style in which Vadim Nemkov fights. I look and I go, he he's big, he's strong, he actually has decent wrestling. He's got good takedowns. He's got very good takedown defense. He is not the flashy guy, but, man, he throws straight punches. And I love guys that throw straight shots. He's effective with them. He wears people out by putting a volume. Going back to Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, I would say that Tyson probably hit Deontay twice as many times as Deontay hit him. Now, power-wise, it's different. But that's part of what 
Julius does. He puts on a volume, and then every now and then, like a Diaz brother, he'll load one up, and he'll land that big shot. So, you know, for Nemkov, this is not an easy fight coming in because it's not the guy you were preparing for. You were preparing for a guy that has an H-bomb in his right hand, a guy that is known for power, a guy that you, you know he likes to bring the left high kick. There's, there's just elements when you're looking at Anthony Rumble Johnson, you go, okay, these are the things that we have to prepare for. This is what we have to look at. Take a look at the setups. The setups are completely different with Anglixkis and the way he does things and the way he goes about things. Again, very basic, very straightforward, linear, coming at you and throwing straight shots. So Nemkov has the ability to create angles and see if the, as he creates the angles, what does... And Glixkus do to stop what Nemkov is setting up. If he can, if he can cut it off and set it up, you know he's going to be fine. If he doesn't cut it off and take care of that angle change, he's going to end up getting hit with things that are not going to be. Uh, he's not going to be prepared for. So it's a real, you know, it's it's a story that you don't know. But Anglixkus has only been beat once in his career. He's ten and one. He's un, undefeated in Bellator. And if you're looking for that Cinderella story. Dude, you got it. This is a guy who is sitting on the outside. You know, you brought it up long ago. DC with strike force in the heavyweight Grand Prix. All of a sudden put in there, and he made a name off of being that guy that came in as the alternate. And Glixkus has the same chance. Yeah, I mean, DC was able to become a legend based off of getting entering into that tournament. Well, a, it also took him a little bit more in the future, but yeah, it's yeah, what it set, it set I mean, up like, the base. Yeah, <laughs> but that's how it all started when you got it when he got in there and knocked out and beat and knocked out Bigfoot and then was able to beat Josh Barnett. That all led to his success being catapulted in when the UFC was strike UFC bought Strikeforce. Yep. That put him right into that mix of the heavyweights, and the heavyweights in the UFC didn't understand how good he was and how dynamic and explosive DC was. And they found out quickly. And then he made them you all know, look bad. He made them all look bad because of just, he looks like Kung, Kung Fu Panda, but he's a stud, <laughs> man. He's super athletic for the guy. So, but Julius Inglitzkis is not that guy. Okay. Don't get me wrong. He can still go out there and, and win this fight. There's in no way am I counting this guy out because a lot of the things that he does well, it could be the kryptonite to uh, Nemkov. Nemkov kicks a lot. And Glitzkis catches kicks very well and gets takedowns off of, and he also counters off holding the kick and punching. He does that very well. I've seen multiple times in some of the highlights and the research that I've been doing for this fight coming up. He catches the kick, he hits the takedown off of it, and he gets on top. Like you said, he's physically strong, he's big for the weight, and he and and uh Nemkov's not gonna be able to just move him around because he is technically sound on the ground. Exactly. And so Nemkov's gonna have a hard time. He's probably gonna be able to get up. That would be more likely than him getting the submission. But it's going to so take that, him a lot of work and a lot of energy yeah. to get himself back up because he's, he is solid. His base mm -hmm. and his ability to, to maintain that top position, he's strong. Yep, and when I put when I put together the combinations, what I saw with Englitzkis is that he's very tight with his boxing. He's selfish with the defense. Everything is tight. His hands are up tight. His elbows are tucked tight to his ribs. He just walks you down. He doesn't do anything spectacular. What I take away from it was... If you look at when Nick Diaz fights, okay, and you look at when Nate Diaz fights and those guys, they touch, 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 and then throw hard power. And that's kind of how Anglixis does. Yep. He's just not as wide as they are with their combinations because yeah. they're so long. He is not that long, long fighter. But what he is is he's big. He touches you with the jab, touches you with the right hand, the left hook, real soft. And when he sees it, he finally lands, he throws hard. 
That's what he does well. He's also really good in the clinch in terms of clinch, knee, heavy knees when he gets into that clinch. If he's able to start controlling that and putting Nemkov's back to the fence and touching him and touching him, we have seen before in the past in some of uh, Nemkov's past fights, even with Phil Davis in the first fight, he will tend to slow down as the fight goes on. And in a five-round fight, that's the question mark that I feel the questions need to be answered. Within Glitzkis, he's never been to the fourth and fifth round, whereas Nemkov, he has fought into that four, into that third, that third and fourth round and fifth round, but he has also slowed down a little bit. How will Anglitskis handle the fourth and fifth round? And can Nemkov get him there with the conditioning he needs to beat him? So there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. It's also hard to prepare for someone where you really don't, he was never really on your radar going into this tournament. And now all of a sudden within four weeks, I got to prepare for him. Four weeks seems like an eternity for the mom and pop at home going, people sitting on the couch going, oh man, four weeks, I'd be ready for that guy. I was training already. No, no, there's a lot of details that you need to work out on how you're going to get inside that very defensive fighter who's just as big, probably stronger than you, and has good wrestling, has good boxing, good clinch work. He's got good submission defense. He's got good takedown defense. He's good all the way around. Like you said, he's 10 to 1. So it, it's, there's a lot to be, there's a lot of questions to be answered, I think, for, for Nemkov and fighting Englitz. But there is one big factor here Nemkov is faster. Just that is you. true. He's faster, yeah. and, and that's going to that's gonna give Angliscus some problems in dealing with that speed. His footwork is fast. His hands are fast. His kicks come up fast. So everything's going to be coming at him with a lot of speed, and he's going to have to deal with that. Yeah. But, I mean, when you're fighting a, a very good defensive fighter, though, John, you've got to get it in there, though, too. If he's just blocking and covering everything... I mean, it's going to eventually, you start, it's like missing a punch yep. when the guy just parries it down or the guy just covers and rolls and you're really not getting anything clean and you're doing all the output and he's not doing anything. As the fight goes on, he's still feeling fresh because he's avoided all your shots and the more you've been throwing that has no effect, it starts to wear on you, not just mentally, but physically as well. Yeah, true. So well, overall though, that's going to be a good fight. It is. Corey Anderson versus the Darth Bader. We got Ryan Bader and Corey Anderson. This is this is an intriguing matchup, and it's, it, it it comes down to that whole thing with, you know, as as you like to say, practice. We're talking practice mm-hmm. because Corey has made a whole lot, and and we talk about this all the time. Corey's made a lot about he trained with Bader. He get you know he was getting Bader, I believe, ready for John Jones back when he was going to mm-hmm. fight John Jones, and you know we, we always say, hey, what's what happens in the gym, it stays in the gym, and that's because it's the gym. And you know, and I know, I've seen guys in the gym that are just unbelievable. In the gym, with no pressure against anyone, they can just perform well because they they know that if they get in a bad position, they're going to get out of the bad position. They can even get to the point where we're going to restart. Nothing is you know you know in a position where I can look bad really. So in the gym, they tend to be. Just killers, rock stars. Oh, dude, yeah, they're killers. Stars. They can go and they can go with the guy who is the world champion and just make their life miserable. And it's a matter of how much importance do you put on what you know Corey Anderson has come up with. In you know, I was young. I did what I want with him. Maybe it's all true, and I'm not. I'm not doubting his word at all. But there's a difference when you go under the lights. There's a difference in the speed factor, the intensity factor, everything. The guy that's, that is in that position of, I don't quit. 
I don't stop. I don't give the position. There's just going to be that difference. So, look at Ryan Bader is a winner. He has been a winner throughout his career. He is a guy who's, you know, he still holds the heavyweight title in Bellator. I wasn't one of the guys, the proponents for him making this journey back down to light heavyweight. I know why he wanted to do it. He wanted to get another shot at Nemkov, who took his title. I thought the heavyweight division was a better division for him. But, you know, he's in He's in for a tough go against Corey Anderson because Corey has looked fantastic in his Bellator career. He had Melvin Manhoff, and a lot of people will, you know, look and say, well, Melvin's kind of passed his uh his best years, and, and you're right. I'm not going to sit there and say he's not, but he's still a guy who's dangerous. He can land something. He's still had speed. He still had power, and he's a legend, so he gets through that, and he made it look easy. He just you know dismantled Melvin in that fight, and then he came against a guy that people had didn't really know about, Yekshamuradov, who I had, I had uh, actually refereed in Russia, and I told you, hey, the guy's fast. He's actually got a lot of speed. Hey, he's really good. He's he's very elusive. He he moves well. He lands good shots. He's got power. And for a couple of rounds, Corey had some problems. I thought he actually got stung by him in, in uh, be at the end of the first round. That head kick that came up, yeah. it stung him. He he wanted to say no, it didn't. It stung him. You could just tell yeah. by you know his body reaction. But again settled into his game and I really think the big difference for Corey Anderson since he's made that move to Bellator is he's gotten back to being an MMA fighter instead of a stand-up fighter he was looking to try to do knockouts and he wanted to make the bosses happy that wanted him to be a guy going after the big stand-ups and not do ground and pound not take people to the ground don't use wrestling you know let's have an exciting fight he's being told hey just go out and fight and he's going out He's going out and doing what he does best. That's putting a whooping on someone by using his wrestling, putting them on the ground, and hitting them with huge shots. Yeah, all he's got to do is go out there and be himself. If he goes out there and be him, and he becomes himself, he can go out there and just touch him. That's all he's got to do. If you look at the if you look at the Ryan Bader fight with Nemkov, you and I called that fight. <clears throat> what it was was the speed was a huge factor. Nemkov was faster than Ryan Bader. He was hitting him with the jab, hitting him with the combinations. The head kicks were hiding right behind the combinations. He was what I when I just went back this last week and picked out all the <clears throat> the highlights on it to talk over. I said what it was was that Nimkov was jabbing to the face, jabbing to the body, throwing the right hands to the body. He was mixing up with the boxing from the head to the body, from the head to the body, and then he finally hit it up behind there with the head kick, and that's what ended the fight. I mean. That that puts the ground up pound yeah. afterwards, but it was that's what started the end of that fight. Yeah. I feel like Corey, all he's got to do is use his speed. He's going to be faster than Ryan Bader. The other thing that Ryan Bader doesn't do very well is that he doesn't check kicks. He turns his body a lot. And one thing I've realized with with uh, Corey is that he kicks really fast. He's got a good hard jab, which Bader when he fought Nemkov kept running into. Even when Bader fought some of his past fights, he takes the jab right on the chin. Corey's got a good jab. Corey's got a good leg kick, and he's fast about it. Now, when you talk about wrestling, Ryan Bader, he's going to have a hard time getting Corey down. Corey, to me, I believe, is the better wrestler when it comes to the MMA wrestling aspect of it all. Ryan Bader's got good wrestling. I'm not denying that. The size will go to Corey. The wrestling will go to Corey. The speed will go to Corey. I, I don't know how Ryan Bader's going to win this fight. He's going to have to close the distance, let the heavy hands go, and get out of the way. 
or if he's able to rock Corey, get to the takedown, get to the top position. If he can get Corey on his back, I think he's got a good chance of winning the fight. But when it comes to the wrestling, I think Corey's going to be the better MMA wrestler. So there's a lot of uphill battles that I think Ryan Bader is going to have to fight through on this fight. Mentally, we you talked about mentally for Corey's feeling mentally strong, confident because of their training. But here's the thing. That could all go away after Corey gets clipped a couple times or rocked. If he gets rocked at all or if he gets taken down, your confidence starts to go fast. When it's like, oh, this wasn't like the training sessions. Yep. No shit. We were wearing 16-ounce <laughs> gloves. We were wearing headgear. We were having shin guards on. Yep. There's a lot of other factors that are in there that slow you down or not slow you down, but hold you in positions. You know, like if I have 16-ounce gloves on, I can't just grab wrist control and just stand back up. That's not how it works. Like MMA is, you know, when, when you're actually in the fight, you've got the MMA gloves on. Those type of things make a big difference. Trying to get out of a guillotine or trying to get out of that front headlock position when you've got headgear on. It's a lot harder than if you don't have headgear on in a fight. So all of those things, Corey, Corey sure probably feels really confident going in because he's talked about the training sessions. Ryan Bader, maybe not. Maybe he's feeling like, yeah, that was practice. He's just trying to shrug it on. But if Ryan starts to, to land some clean shots and not lunge in and start setting up kind of the takedown position, he's going to have to take him down in the open field. He cannot afford to take him down against the fence. He can't afford to have... Corey hanging over his back, shoving his head down, making him carry his weight, making him carry that big body frame. He can't do that. But also out in the open, he's going to have a hard time because of the speed. So he's got to be in and he's got to be out or he's got to be in, hit landing the heavy shots and getting the takedown in the open mat. That's the only way I see Ryan Bayer winning this fight. Like I said, we had talked on the, uh, yesterday a little bit on the conference call, you and I, and I was saying and I told everyone else, I'm like, it's, a, it's an uphill battle for Ryan Bader because I really believe at the age at which he's at, I think heavyweight is the place for him. I don't know. And I, like you, opposed him coming back down to fight at 205. He should have stayed at heavyweight. He'd have a lot. Of, I feel like he'd have a lot of success there. You look at guys like DC, look at guys like um, like Curtis Blades and, and Kane Velasquez and, and even Brock Lesnar. Their wrestling at the heavyweight division is so much better than everybody else's. They, they, the success is there because once heavyweights hit the back, they're like turtles on their back, majority of them are. True. You know, so they have a hard time getting up. Their submission games are not that good because not a lot of people can take them down and don't want to waste the energy to take them down. So this is going to be shaped up to be a good fight. I think Ryan Bader staying at heavyweight or should have stayed at heavyweight, but since he's here, he's going to have to figure this out. It's going to be a tough fight for him. This can be a really tough fight for him. I look at this. This is the fight of the jab. Both guys. Okay, because... Corey saw from the Nemkov fight, look, if I, if I jabbed, jab up high, I want to get his hands up high. I jab to the body, I want to get his hands down low. So then I jab up high and get the hands up high, jab to the body. Next one, that's where the kick comes in so he can set that kick up very well with it. But for Bader in return, I look and say the jab is a very important element because if he can get the jab to work and make Corey bring those hands up, it's going to open up for that blast double that Ryan Bader loves to shoot, and he's got a beautiful blast double. It's almost a tackle, and once the fight hits the ground and he has someone on his back, Ryan Bader's outstanding at keeping someone on their back. Mm -hmm. He does a beautiful job of lifting the legs, keeping the ankle away, taking the arm away. That posting arm is taken away. He laces through. He does a beautiful job. At controlling people on the ground and landing big heavy shots so to me it's the it's the story of the jab whose jab is more effective and gets them where they want to be 
Okay. Yes, I think all. I oh, agree. Excuse me. Excuse me. I, I didn't hear that. Go ahead again. Well, I had already said the jab earlier, so just copy what I said. So ah, I, I no, understand. No, 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 no. Those of you guys at home, you guys that understand. Oh, John just listened God. to what I said. He rewords oh, it and it says okay. it again. There it is. <laughs> so he's the speed though of the speed of Corey is going to get to the jab. The jab is going to get there a little bit faster. I think he's got a longer reach as well. That's going to be a factor. What Corey does as well is the feints. He feints a lot, and he feints and then throws, and then when he throws, then he sets up his takedowns based off of that. That's gonna give that's gonna give Bader a hard time. Bader is gonna have to punch, commit to his punching. If if he does land, then he goes ahead and he finishes closing that distance for the takedown. If he doesn't land, he needs to get offline so he doesn't get countered and he needs to move and start circling behind. It's gonna be a lot harder fight for Ryan that's Bader because as the fight goes on in five rounds, Ryan does tend to slow down. Ryan's defense tends to open up more. Corey stays in that just real basic stance, doesn't do anything. Doesn't do anything really outside the ordinary. If you look, it's almost like a very similar style fight of how Nemkov, he leaves himself out of position quite a bit when he strikes. He's got good kicking. He's got great boxing. But when you look at Anglitskis, he stays very tight. It's almost like Anglitskis and Corey are very similar in style in terms of they're very defensive mind, mind savvy. You know, but then I look at obviously Corey's got the better wrestling and uh, more explosiveness than than Anglitzka's. But I'm saying like it just keeping the defense defenses up high and making sure that nothing gets through. Corey and Anglitzka's both do that very well. Whereas the other two, Nemkov and Bader, kind of leave themselves open, especially as the fight goes on. They start leaving themselves open more because they they start to not fatigue, but they start to slow down and get a little bit more tired. So it's going to be, I think those two fights are going to be great fights. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk Benson Henderson and Brent Primus. This is one of those fights. It could go either way. I look at Brent Primus, super strong, but not fast. Just not yeah. a very fast, light, lightweight. Uh, Benson still has speed. Benson's got good leg kicks. Brent Primus has got good leg kicks. Both have got a good submission game. I would say the better submission game has got to go to Brent Primus. Uh it's really a question of how fast does Benson Henderson get off of the stool in the first round, meaning how fast out of the gate does he come? Does he allow Brent to actually dictate the position and pace of the fighter? Does he go out and he establishes it? He sets it up. He creates the action. He forces these offensive attacks and makes premise either counter him or defend and just slide away that's a big part of this fight for uh benson in my opinion but i look at it and it's both guys have been champion different organizations that they've been champion both of them know what it takes to be that guy and we're going to see which one wants it the most yeah brent is the better grappler on the ground he's going to be physically stronger yeah he's going to be physically I, I a lot bigger and physically, physically a little a bit more bigger. flexible yeah he but he's not yeah, he's not going to be the faster. Brent will not be the faster fighter. Benson will be the faster fighter. Benson will be southpaw, so he's going to actually stick, move, circle out. Um, it's good. It's going to be a fun and interesting fight because Benson against the fence is not the easiest guy to take down. And when you do take him down, he's pretty good at getting back up. Yep. He does expose his back, which is not where he wants premise. Um, it, it's going to make for a fun fight, a very interesting fight. When when they were t- when we were, I was thinking about what would be next for premise. Benson wasn't even on my list. Yeah. I was like, oh, they're going to have him fight this or that, fight that. I'm like, didn't even occur to me like Benson Henderson. I don't know why, but it just didn't occur to me. So I think Ben coming back, you know, um, he, this is his first fight, I believe, since his loss. 
And so he's him coming back. I think he's no. gonna be motivated. No, no who did he no, fight no, after no, that? No, no, no. Uh, he's had no a, Jason Jackson. Yeah, he lost. He, lost. he, he, he lost went up Jason in weight. Jackson. But yeah, he went up to one seventy. And that's but that's part of why I look at this fight for Benson. Benson is used to fighting bigger people. He yeah. goes up all the time to one seventy and doesn't seem to let it bother him as far as what's going on in it. So premise being the bigger guy, I don't think is going to matter for him. I think the speed factor has got advantages for Benson if he uses those advantages. He cannot wait and expect things to happen. He's got to make them happen. Well, I look at it, I think the jiu-jitsu is going to be the biggest factor. I think that Brent Primus is significantly a better grappler. Not even a little bit, by, but significantly. But if he can get him down, can he get him down without taking the shots? Can Benson keep his back off the fence? Uh, those are the things. And when I look at, what was his name? Brandon Thatch, right? If you take Brandon a look at Thatch. that fight. Yeah. You take a look at that fight back when uh, Benson was in the UFC, fought, fought up at 170. Mm-hmm. He beat Brandon Thatch. But you look at that. That's kind of like I see the size in the Brandon Thatch. You see like what he what Benson was able to get away with in that fight. I could see that potentially kind of like this fight. I think, but he subbed. I think Brandon Thatch. Brandon Thatch's not yep. the same level of grappling no, as as not. Brent Primus. So, um, I think the speed on the feet is going to be good. Uh, Brent's going to have to let the leg kicks go, but Benson's also going to have to let him go as well. He's got good leg kicks. Ben, as well. Benson so was the be guy. Let, you know, you go back to that low calf kick. Benson was one of the first ones. He was one. Mm-hmm. Of, he was one of the ones that established that kick. So, uh, Henry Corrales and uh, Perevchenko. Perevchenko, that's a good fight. You know, and, and I look at, I, I I always go with, I like Henry. I've known Henry for a long time. He's a gamer. He's a, he's a a brawler. A guy that you know, he has his teeth taken out before the fight by the dentist because you know when he fought, uh, I want to say it was Sanchez. He knocked the first the five his five teeth out three in the bottom, two in the top, or vice versa. So he has all those removed for every fight because they cause him a problem if he doesn't. And uh, he's going to get his teeth taken out. I love that about him. I love that, dude. Come on. That's what a fighter does, okay? And uh, Parachenko is better on the ground. That's the problem for Henry in this. Henry has got to keep this on the feet, but he cannot slow down his offensive output like he has in the past when he goes against a grappler, he tends to look for the one big shot. You cannot look for the one big shot. Start to become a Diaz brother and just start putting shots on your opponent. Start touching them and every now and then load one up, but touch them, touch them, touch them, make them feel something, and all those takedowns will start to be diminished. That That's really what Henry Corrales has to do. If he can do that, he can win. If he doesn't, he's not going to win. Yeah, he's got to just—he's got to let his hands go. If he doesn't let his hands go, then he's going to end up losing his his fights like he's been losing lately, just by waiting. That's it. Yeah. You know, we've 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 criticized a lot of other fighters for for just not pulling the trigger. You can't win the fight if you don't throw. Yep. You know, I mean, you're like, not throwing. You you're got, not offensive. Exactly. Um, but for me, I feel like the uh, the the sneaky good fight on this card is the Albrexen versus uh Yags, which is Yag Shamiradov, who was in the was in the heavyweight or not heavyweight light heavyweight I Grand Prix. Lost to uh, Corey Anderson, but now he's fighting uh, Carl Albrechtson. He's he's a good jiu-jitsu guy, good wrestler, kind of a dog. Gets in there and mixes it up as well. And Yag's got good takedown defense. He's He's got big, heavy right hand, quick overhand right. I mean, it's, this to me, I feel like is one of those sneaky good fights that people probably are just overlooking, but this yep. is going to be a good fight. I agree. I think it's a great fight. And it's it's even got the backstory if you look at it. You know, Albrechtson has come in. He lost to Phil Davis, got a big win in his last fight, but... He's the guy sitting there. 
there's a guy named Nemkov at Champion whose last loss was to this guy named Albrechtson. It was in Japan. So he's got that road. He's just got to get a couple more wins, and you can look at him you know, possibly going for that championship. So he's got a lot riding on this fight. Yeah, that should be a good fight. Let me see. What other fights on this card are you looking forward to? Uh, the other one I thought that would be really good is, uh, man, they don't even have it in the thing. I love Jalen Bates. This kid's going to be yeah. a stud. Uh, Lance Gibson Jr. is a great fight against Raymond Pena. He, he's uh, Gibson is just well-rounded, just a super athlete, fast. He moves well. Everything about him is good. So that fight right there. And then if you're going to really look at the one that I think is going to be outstanding, is uh, Berkamoff against uh, Jamil, Jalil Willis. Yes. That's a fight. So crazy this fight's not higher up in the No, in it the is. Card. Just on this, this thing is wrong. It's up at the top. Oh, this thing's wrong. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, it, it's, that, that fight is right before the uh, Albrechtson versus Young. Okay, that makes perfect yeah, sense. Okay. I was like 13-0 and 15-2. and 2. I know. Jalil is phenomenal. We're going to open He's... up the show. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, this. Is, like, what are they doing? Uh, Jalen Bates. Jalen Bates reminds me of the the other guy that you like, uh, Jordan Lugo. Yes, yep. he reminds me a little bit of Jordan Lugo. Very, very athletic, very fast with the with the with the transitions, and just good, good fighter everywhere. Good all the way around. Good stuff. Good young prospect. Excited yep. to watch him fight. Yep. Um, Samiko uh, Anaba. She's two and zero. She's, She's fighting tough. Randy Field two and zero. She's tough. She's a dog too. She's someone they just. She, I was surprised, honestly. I didn't know what to expect the first time I saw her fight, but she took some big shots. She delivered with some big shots, but she she's she's a fun fight. She's a fun fight to watch. Yep. So, yep. Hopefully, it. you guys all enjoy. Go ahead. Said so she brings it. She's fun. She doesn't yeah, back she off does. of anybody, and no. she she just sits there and she'll bite down on her mouthpiece and go after you. So, she's yeah. fun. She's got that Hawaiian mentality. And then the and then last thing I'm gonna. Bra. I'm going to bring this up because uh, Benson Henderson is also on this card, but his wife is fighting Maria Henderson. She's also making her MMA debut. Uh, she's going to be, I think, believe the first fight of the, the opening card. So obviously they're doing that to to let her live her dream. So we're going to check That's... that out and see how she's doing. And she, I've heard she's talented on the ground. So we're going to find out. You know, a lot of people are going to look at that. This is one of the things where you look and you, this is one of the things I love, love about Bellator is they will give, this opportunity for both of them, for Benson and for his wife to come in and for Maria to actually be able to fight on a card that her husband is fighting on. It's an amateur fight. They're putting it there as the first fight of the night. But that's a great thing. She gets to do it in front of all of her friends in the you know Arizona, Phoenix area. This is one of the things that you know sometimes you, you, know, you can do and you, you make it happen and it's a good thing for both of them and I think it's awesome. Can't wait to watch her. Next. All right. Let's hop into some news now. And the first piece of news is this huge fight announcement. George Masvidal versus Leon Edwards. It's going to be <laughs> December. December. I'm happy. In, uh, oh, my God. Maybe I'll maybe I'll get the, the date out one day. December 11th to UFC 269. <laughs> December 11th. Look. George reacts This is saying, the fight You're that welcome. should have happened. You're welcome. Yeah, Thank you. You know what? You're right, George. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Well, no, because Leon comes out and says millionaire, and then George comes out and says you're welcome. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's some Connor stuff right there. Uh, he just basically, 
He's like, yo, I, I'm getting you paid. Yep. Um, we, we've known that this fight should have been done a long time ago. They should have done this after that two-piece Minnesota came up. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, they, they set it. They set it separately, both in the COVID hit, and it became a just a weird situation for everyone. But, look, now we're here. We're going to see this fight. And I, I believe that if, if Leon beats him, like, you can't deny the guy his title shot. You just got to – I don't care how it goes. I don't care if he survives – you know, for the whole three rounds or whatever it is, there's, you just got to give him his title shot after this because Georgia just fought for the title against Usman. He lost, but he had also fought before that against the title, and then he lost that one as well. I mean, he, he's fought guys that have fought for the title. It's just like, come on, man, what are we doing? Just this is, I think this is where a lot of people have a hard time with what the UFC does when they're the ones that they make their own rankings, they pick and choose who they want to fight for the title, and majority of the time. It, it it makes sense. It works out. I would say, yeah, yeah, it, it makes sense. It works out. It makes sense. You know, I would say 98, 99% of the time, it makes sense. I understand for the business model, I get what they're doing. Yep. But in this situation, you have a guy like Leon, he's what? He's won nine or 10 in a row now. 10 in a row, I think. Yeah, I'm like, it's, it's getting to that John, it's getting to that John Fitch stage where I think John Fitch had won like 11 or 12 in but a row. But that's part of the problem with him. Yeah. Is, okay, Let's just let's. I'm going to put this out there the easiest way. Like MMA math doesn't does not compute all no. the time, but no. let's take a look at a fight between George Masvidal and Nate Diaz, and let's take a look at the damage that was done and how that fight ended, and then let's take a look at a fight between Nate Diaz and Leon Edwards, and let's take a look at the what happened in that fight and the way that fight ended. That's a big factor here. That's a huge factor yeah. here. Because Leon has something to prove. Although he's 10 and 0, he's got things to prove. He's got to prove to the fans that he's that guy. All right. Yeah. He's already got a loss against Usman. Now, it happened a long time ago, but Usman handled him and was not the fighter that he is now. Now, I'm not saying that yeah. Leon Edwards is the same fighter, he's a better fighter today. But look, he's got to start finishing fights he's got to start putting guys on their heels and putting them away and he couldn't do that to Diaz and in the fifth round he was in trouble he was on his heels he was in a bad way and could have been finished in that fight and so this fight against Masvidal will say everything yeah I mean it's really going to come down to whether I don't even think he needs to get a finish he just needs to beat him that's it. Like when you're fighting the best guys, no, the top ag guys. against Masvidal, but he needs to be impressive in the way he does it. He needs to be impressive. I don't know. He needs yeah, to be impressive. I, I, I understand where you're coming from. I do. Um, but it, it's hard to continue on the, this onslaught of him winning and winning and winning. And you're fighting some of the top guys and you just keep beating them. Your last, his last loss was, was to Usman. It's like, okay, let's, what are we doing here? Let's, let's get him up there. Yeah. And I get it. And, and George just fought for the title. You know, and so he's fought two times for the title in the amount of time that it's taken Leon Edwards to get one title shot. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Masvidal fan, man. Die Hard, he's an OG. I've always been a big fan of his. And so I understand, but I want to see Leon get to that title shot. Look, did you see George, the fight George's that George Masvidal had against Nate Diaz? Yeah. Did you see what he was doing in that fight? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, did, did you see the fight that Leon Edwards had against Nate Diaz? Yeah. There's your difference. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. I get what you're saying. I do. That's it. I mean, I mean yeah, I that's the thing. I'm, like, not, I'm not putting Leon him down to, in any way. He just has yeah. to. 
He's got to go. He's got to put it out there. He's got to go after. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're going to see it. Yeah. I guess we're going to find out. All right, next. Uh, next piece of news, Luke Rockhold withdraws from his yeah. Sean Strickland fight um, because of a herniated disc. You knew about this one. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I did. Obviously, I had talked to him. We were this supposed to have him on the podcast. This is the difference, so people know. This is the <laughs> difference between podcasters and guys that are in the sport that we don't tell things that we know because we're not the journalist to break a story. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah, I mean like in here and I, I, I laid an egg when I did that thing with the DS thing and the DS situation and I regretted yeah. it after saying that. Right. But in this situation, I knew about the rock hold situation, um, about a week and a half ago, he was supposed to come on the show and he's like, let me, let me get the MRIs. Let me get all this stuff figured out. And he's like, I'll let you know. Cause if, if he wasn't going to fight, we're like, okay, let's just wait until yeah. you're healthy and you, yeah. you feel better and we'll have you on. So, um, you know, I want to wish him a speedy recovery. He's been dealing with this back pain for, you know, a couple of weeks now. He just was like, look, it's getting so unbearable. I can't figure it. He's like, I have to go get, go get the MRI and the x-rays and everything taken care of. So, uh, he's my boy. I want to wish and him the, the best recovery. Anybody, anybody that has back pain, anybody that's got herniated disc, they understand. Yeah. Look, yeah. You, you can't fight. You can't, you can't even move, man. You can, it hurts you to sit on the couch. Yeah. So Luke, get well, like you're saying. You know, best of luck to you. Just get yourself healthy and then come back. He was looking good too. I was watching him hit mitts. I was watching him do some uh, grappling and stuff. And then he looked good. He looked like he was in shape. He's fucking leaned out quite a bit. He like, doesn't have the puffy, you know, vacation look anymore. <laughs> he was, you know, he's looking good, man. I was excited. I was pumped for his uh, his return. So it's just delayed a little bit longer. But hopefully, we get to see that that Sean Strickland fight. I think that was a perfect fight for him to come back to. Yeah. Don't read next. Books. Next fight, um, back to some fights. Announcement of uh, Ngannou versus Gunn for January 22nd for the heavyweight belt. I like this one. This brings excitement so? back to the heavy. Oh, yes. Come on. Just the entire backstory and everything with it and how it's happened and why and just the whole thing. This is what Dana White was trying to set up and it happened. And I'll give him credit. Even the even the part that he didn't set up, which is the entire French connection. Remember the French connection? It was a movie. See, that was too old for you. But there was a movie called The French Connection. Gene Hackman. Awesome stuff. But this is a fight that needs to happen. Ngannou, you know, he is the real heavyweight champion. They taking nothing away from Cyril Gunn. He did a great job in his fight. He got the interim title, but he needs to beat the champ to be the champ. Now he's going to get his shot. Yeah, stylistically they match up very well. I think Gon has the better wrestling. Yep. Um, you know, I think the strength factor is going to go to Ngannou. I think the power is going to go to Ngannou for sure in terms of the boxing. But we've seen that we've seen highlights of them training together, and Cyril Gon was having a good, was having some good segments and some good moments in that sparring. Sure. But. Like I always say, just like Allen Iverson says, we're talking about practice, man. We can't be talking about practice. Not the same when the lights come on. And I'm not trying to touch animal. you that hard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, look, th this is going to be a good fight. It's going to be an exciting fight. I think if if Gon's able to get this fight to the ground, I think he if he's able to get it there early, it will change how the rest of the fight is fought. Yep, I agree. Um, if he's not able to get it there early, it could be an early. It could be an early night for him. It only <laughs> takes one getting, from that. Yeah, from that yeah. dude, just so, one. Overall, though, it's, I, I'm excited the fact that they're able to unify these titles and we get to see a good heavyweight matchup. Yeah, so. that's a great one. Next, 
Next news. Um, did you guys see the news about Chuck Liddell? Um, that came out. Um, I'll I'll let you guys touch on it because I know you do know about it. Um, so I'll let you guys kind of just touch on it as as you please. Uh, so the cops were called to Chuck Liddell's house on domestic violence. The, apparently, he had said Chuck was saying that when the cops come. So anytime you call, I don't know if it's in other states too, but in California, if you call the cops on domestic violence, someone has to go to jail. Basically, John, you would. Yeah, you would know that. Okay, so yeah, so basically, what had happened was that Chuck is saying that when he when the cops arrived and they were going to take her because she was the one that I guess apparently had done the the violence uh, against Chuck. He had bruises and scratches, and he just said like, "I'll go in her place." So, look, this there's still there's still a ton of stuff that needs to come out, but this is really just reading from what he said. He says, I was the victim of the incident last night at our family home, as details of the case will reveal. The deputies informed me that my wife would be arrested and as I did not respond to her assault while I sustained bruises and lacerations. I volunteered to go in her place. All right. There's a lot of other things going on, you know, within their family. So we're just trying to try to keep it as, as and that, uh, and that's the hard part of this whole thing. Yeah. But, yeah. but he, let, I'm going to, I'm going to give a little bit of insight here. I have friends that are part of the LA County Sheriff's. I have a son that's part of the LA County Sheriff's. And I, I talked to certain people there that have knowledge of the incident. And basically what Chuck said, they said is absolutely true. And I will tell you this, like I, being a police officer in Los Angeles for a lot of years, 273.5 is domestic violence. Now they switched it up and made a misdemeanor charges, which is what 273.5 is a felony charge. Uh, mm-hmm. They made a, a, a misdemeanor charge. And the reason why they made it is because they wanted it to be where they separated people and made it so they could not go back together within so much time. Mm-hmm. And I, I can tell you, I, I had one incident where I had a, a woman who was pretty stout, pretty big lady, and she beat the shit out of her husband. And, you know, I go there and, you know, separate him and he's, you know, no officer, I'm fine. And uh, she doesn't have a mark on her. Nothing. Nothing. She's not even sweating. He's beat to shit. <laughs> okay. And, you know, she's, I want him to, I want him, you know, going to jail. And I'm like, nah, let's, let's talk about this. Let's see what we can do and stuff. And it gets to the point where, you know, I have a supervisor. He says, John, just take him. So I have to write a report saying that this guy is the one that's beat up. You know, there's no evidence that he touched her in any fashion. There's no marks upon her. There's nothing that she could show us that where he said, she said he grabbed her. There's nothing there. And so you write all that in the report, but he goes to jail. Well, this is exactly what you're seeing, you know, happen with Chuck is one of them's going to end up going because they want separation. The state wants separation from them for a certain amount of time. And Chuck decided and his wife was going to be taken. He had marks. He did have uh, sh- uh, things, lacerations and bruising that showed that he had been the victim of someone touching him, hurting him, beating on him, whatever you want to say. She had nothing, and he said when he found out that she was going to have to go, he said, and he said, no, 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 you don't take her. I, I'm not pressing charges. And the, the sheriff's told him, you know, look, somebody's got to go. He goes, no, I'll go. And that's a, that's a tough thing to do, but this is a guy trying to take care of his family. And there's a lot of things, as you're saying, that are riding in this. You know, there's uh, there's issues that these are these are touchy family issues sometimes there's mental health issues along with these things 
I think Chuck needs to be given time and space. He didn't do anything wrong. There could have been disagreements, and that's you know what occurred, but he didn't put his hands on anybody. Well, he's been one of my longest friends that I've had in the sport. Um, you know, for years, I think in 1999, as we started hanging out, he was like 99, 2000. He's a he's always been a great person, you know, to me in terms of you know relationship and friendships and everything else. So, um, if you're a guy, just, Chuck will put his hands on you. Yeah, <laughs> I see. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying, like in terms of you just you just wish the best for him. Yeah, it's not just him, but for the whole family. Exactly. Hopefully, they That's get this thing the sorted thing. out. They get whatever help they need to make sure that they're that they get back on track. Yep. So, uh, next. Uh, next story um, and last story is the announcement of Giga versus Calvin Cater. Woo, we talked about this one. Yeah, Look at that. I we said, are matchmakers for the UFC. I love those guys. I said this is the fight to make. You know, Giga beating Barboza last and was up in the rankings, but still not as high as Calvin Cater. Calvin Cater coming off of a loss to Max Holloway. Um, giving himself time to heal up, letting his brain heal, let his body heal, let his mentality get back on track, try to get into training, try to not, I wouldn't say reinvent himself, but to, to make the adjustments that he needed to make after that last fight. I think it's been long enough. He's ready to get in there. Giga has been active. So the two of them together would make, makes for a perfect, makes perfect sense. And so this was the fight that I had suggested. I was like, Hey, this, you're going to either have a star be born with Giga in terms of getting up into that top five or six in the ranking systems, or Cater's going to come back and show that the fight against Max was a one-off and he's going to go back into dominating the way he was dominating before he fought Max. So it's, I think to me, it's a win-win. When I was talking about this fight, I was like, for the fans, it's a win-win because both of them are phenomenal on the feet. Uh, Calvin Cater can wrestle though. Yep. Calvin Cater will shoot if he needs to. Calvin Cater has, has that ability. Not only will shoot, needs to shoot. Yeah, he needs. I think he needs to just to to mix it up, to, just to, to make, make him Giga have to think, think about, about it. it. There you go. That's it. Yep. And I think the rest of it will all open up. Uh, I, I give advantage to, to Cater because he's the more well-rounded fighter. This, this fight. is one of the things that we, you know, when we talked about the Edson Barbosa, and you watched what Giga and I, I can tell you, I talked about this with Rafael Cadero, his coach. I said, man, I went into that saying that they were both, you know, equally fast. I would, I would actually have probably given. From what I'd been seeing, I said, you know, when Giga was in glory and I watched him and I, you know, he was fantastic and he was fast, but his thoughts of the takedown and the way he stands, it slows him up a little bit. Well, then he mm-hmm. fought Edson Barbosa and he didn't even consider the takedown. He just fought it like he used to be yeah. in that kickboxing realm. Well, we'll see what he does with Cater because Cater needs to make him actually have the feeling that I will take you down. He has to have that at least in the back of his mind that I need to at least recognize this and have an idea of you know what I'm going to do and have to deal with it because it'll make him just a little bit slower. But this is a great matchup. You know, yeah. Chikadze's done such a great job of coming up and he looks great right now. That last performance against Essen was phenomenal. If he gets a big win like that against Cater, woohoo! Look out! Yeah. Yeah, but when he gets a, if he if he gets a win over Cater, the guys that are in that the that top four, they've got they've got some good wrestling, they've got some good submissions. Yep. They're they're more well rounded fighters. Yeah. So he's gonna struggle, I think, when you get into those top four guys. But it still makes for fun. Yeah, it's still fun. Good Next. matchup. That was that's us. 
That wraps us up. So go pro, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne in. Use the promo code Wayne or, and still. Sorry. I was going to say, what are you doing, baby? Use the promo code and still. Pick up one of our Make shirts. Make you do one show tees. on your own and you're all fumbles. Oh, no. <laughs> no. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne in. Use the promo code and still. Pick up one of our shirts. One of our uh, designs of any of the movies or the TV series that we have put up there. So good stuff. And uh, hey, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel as well as our clips. Ch- Sorry, our clips channel, <coughs> and go to our audio platforms on all of our audio platforms on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. We are available on all those audio platforms. Listen to us in your car on the way to work. All right, guys, and John, take us away. Oh, you know what? Hold on, one thing I wanted to say, I forgot. I want to say congratulations to Michael Bisping who went into England and did a stand-up show. Uh, you know, something about calls from the octagon, stories from the octagon went uh, and from what I heard just killed it. So man, that's not an easy thing to do. Congratulations that you were super successful doing that. You deserve it. And with that, I will say to everyone out there, thank you for listening. I'm glad to be back and we will see you.